Well, good morning, church. And good morning to our online church. I want to talk to you this morning <coughs> excuse me, about the spiritual and the human aspects of salvation. If you could open your Bibles to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Now, um, thanks, Chris. Now, we've all seen um, fireworks up in the um, testing, testing. <laughs> Good on you, Pete. Thanks. <clears throat> we've all seen fireworks go off, and uh, and they're pretty nice to look at, and all you know. Um, but they don't last very long, do they? And there are people, some people, who have a Christian experience that is as brilliant as fireworks, but, and they dazzle our eyes for a while, but then they splatter and go out and their lives become sick and disappointing and disillusioning. And all of us know that it's the people who, through the years, maintain their spiritual glow, who make us believe in the genuineness of Christianity. Their devotion is deep and constant. Because it's real. And we're about real Christianity, folks. Not something that just happens for a couple of hours on a Sunday, but something that, you know, it's a lifestyle. Let's read Second Corinthians, ooh, Second Thessalonians chapter 2, and we're reading verses 13 through to 17. <clears throat> We must thank God at all times for you, brothers, you whom the Lord loves. For God chose you as the first to be saved by the Spirit's power, to make you his holy people and by your faith in the truth. God called you, sorry, God called you to this through the good news we preached to you. We called you to possess your share of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. So then our brothers stand firm and hold on to those truths which we taught you both in our preaching and in our letter. 16. May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father who loved us and in his grace gave us unfailing courage and a firm hope encourage you and strengthen you to always do and say what is good. Now, I quite like that reading. I think it's very strong and a good instruction. So there's quite a message in this passage. 
And the, the main message for us today is to do two things. First, stand firm. And second, hold on to the teachings. And I'm not saying my teachings per se, but the teachings that come through the revelation of the word. And it's the word that we need to hold on to. Something in my eye. Okie dokie. Paul says in verse 13, the Christians were chosen to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Spirit and through belief in the truth. The Thessalonians were a source of joy to the Apostle Paul and Christians and believers like us are also a source of joy to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We were chosen in him from the beginning. In fact, folks, we were chosen in him before this world was even created. God had a plan for your life and he knew that you'll be born and he knew that you'd be here today. Actually, can I have a show of hands? All the people here who were born in Maryborough. One, two. Okay. From every, as far as everybody else is concerned, the Lord has brought you all. How many people here were born outside of Australia? Wow. So, I didn't see your hand. <laughs> so we've all been brought here for today. God purpose that and he knew that even before he created the earth and the heavens and the earth I think that's very very amazing so we were chosen in him from the beginning and it's through the sanctifying work of the spirit folks that we can receive salvation salvation by definition is deliverance from the guilt and the pollution of sin Coupled with eternal life. The price was paid by Jesus. Salvation is a change of heart. Salvation is passing from death to life. Salvation is becoming a new creature in Christ Jesus. Salvation is being born again. Salvation is a renewal of the mind and salvation, folks, is being resurrected from the dead. You see, in one sense, in a spiritual sense, Jesus was not the only one that is resurrected, but we also have been resurrected. When we came out of the world and into Christianity, as we went through the waters of baptism, we were resurrected spiritually salvation consists in the implanting of a new principle or disposition in the soul salvation is the impartation of spiritual life to those who are by nature dead in trespass and sins 
Firstly, the spiritual aspect of salvation is that the Holy Spirit regenerates, indwells and baptises Christians into the body of Christ. The work of the Spirit is what sets us apart as Christians and we are set apart from the world. This is what the term being born again means. Christians literally have a new beginning and a new life. But when we accept Christ on that day that we are born again, a great transformation happens in our lives as we are taken from a worldly viewpoint and lifestyle into a godly world viewpoint and lifestyle. <clears throat> but it doesn't end on the day we accept Jesus. That's when the work of sanctification begins. But then as we progress through our Christian life over the years, we are fine-tuned. We are fine-tuned. And we are fine-tuned into the likeness of Christ. That's the objective. The human aspect of salvation is belief in the truth of the gospel. It really comes down to more than just belief in the truth of the gospel. For the gospel to be effective, relevant and life-changing, it needs to be applied directly to our lives. The gospel message needs to be applied directly to our lives. The Holy Spirit then uses the word of God to purify the believer's life. And it's this purifying which is the work of the sanctification that takes place. We are people on a constant change and constant changing. And even last week or the week before or last month, the Lord may well have quickened something to your heart in regards to your life or lifestyle and you've made an appropriate change. It's the work of sanctification. I'm sure if I asked everybody here, if they read and believed the Bible, I would get a positive response. But if I asked, when did you last apply the scripture to your life situation? Perhaps the response might be a bit different. I don't know. But application is everything. We take an instruction from the scripture, we apply it to our life and we move on. We allow God to do the changing. Let's talk about the calling, verses 14 and 15. The reader or the readers of this letter were called to salvation by the gospel as it was proclaimed by the apostolic missionaries in Thessalonica. And we too are called to salvation by the same gospel. The same gospel that saved people then, folks, 
2,000 years ago plus is the same, same gospel that is saving people today. Are you being saved? Getting saved from sin is not a one-off event. It's a continual process and it lasts a lifetime. And why does God want to save people? And why does God want you to be saved? It's not all about being changed and having a different lifestyle and a nice Christian life here on earth. There's more to salvation than that. Salvation is also about that believers might one day share the splendour and honour that Jesus Christ now enjoys as a resurrected saint and all of the benefits of being in an eternal state with Christ in heaven. It never ceases to amaze me that one of the most precious commodities on this planet is gold. You see it on the news, gold's worth such and such. Pete even digs it up for a living. You know, gold is precious. But in God's economy, it's just the stuff that the roads are made of. It's about as valuable as bitumen. How good does it get in heaven if the most valuable thing that we know about and hold is just road base in heaven? It's a good place, folks. It's a place we should strive to go to. Salvation is the ultimate in unselfishness. What I mean is the offer of salvation from God is the ultimate in unselfishness. This is God's gift to people who sinned against him. Wow! How, do you get that? Like, we're disobedient, we break the rules, we commit sin, and God comes along and he says, it's okay, I'll help you out. Not only will I forgive you of your sin, but you can come back to my place for a thousand years? No. For a million years? No. For all of eternity. For all of eternity. And in view of their calling, the Thessalonian believers would maintain their present position of faith in God, care for the brethren, and hope for the intimate return of Jesus Christ. We also hope for the same things. But it seems to me in this day and age that the return of Jesus Christ is, well, just around the corner. It doesn't seem to be too far away. The Thessalonians were told to stand firm and Christians are in a constant danger of being swept downstream by the currents of ungodly culture. Christians are also prone to letting the truths they know and the relationship they enjoy with God grow cold. And it happens sometimes. And sometimes we do grow cold. And sometimes the influences of the world or even the devil come to us, attack our mind. And instead of being ruled by our 
Christian heart, we begin to allow ourselves to be ruled by the mind and the ways of the world. But we need to get back on track, folks. And we need to stay on track with Jesus. The Thessalonians were in danger of losing their grip on the apostles' teaching, which they had received. In person, they'd received in person from the missionaries and from their letters. They were in danger of slipping backward in their Christian experience because of the pleasures of their, sorry, because of the pressures of their trials and the daily negative influence of the world, the flesh, and the devil. And folks, nothing really is new under the sun, is it? Nothing much has changed because we also run the risk of slipping backwards in our Christian experience because of the pressures of trials. And trials come to us from time to time. And some are easy to overcome and some are difficult. Some we really struggle with. Some trials are a breeze. But we also have to encounter daily negative influences of the world, the flesh and the devil. And the devil even came to Jesus after he'd been fasting for a long time, 40 days. And the devil was trying to get Jesus to disobey scripture. Turn these stones into bread. Jump off the temple. Check out the view. When temptation comes, folks, remember, it's just the devil urging you to be disobedient to Scripture. Just quote the Bible back to him. That's what Jesus did. And that's what you and I can do also. The call for the Thessalonians and the call for us is to stand firm. Not in the world, not even in the church, but stand firm in God. The church will not get you into heaven, folks. Jesus will. Jesus will. Stand firm in the revelation of Scripture. Folks, the world will fail. The church can fail. But God, who is eternal, remains. The Thessalonians needed prayer for steadfastness. And as a result, Paul prayed that God would give them encouragement and strength. And no matter what era of history we live in, Christians need encouragement and strength. This letter of Paul's brought both encouragement and strength to the Thessalonians. And as a church, they were in danger of losing their grip on the apostles' teachings. And now Paul had come along and encouraged them. Paul went one step further. As well as writing a letter, he promised to pray for them to be strengthened. 
When answered, God's grace would make them firm and stable and their deeds will be done as unto the Lord. It's a real blessing, folks. It's a real blessing to God to see believers firm and stable and their deeds done as unto the Lord. That's a blessing. And we must pray for and encourage one another for the same response on a regular basis. This will have the effect of building up the body and releasing us to fulfil our calling. Pardon me. We need to fulfil our calling. We need to even know what our calling is. And then when we find out, We need to fulfil our calling. We need to perform our ministries. And we need to go into all the world, folks, and preach the gospel. After all, aren't we about helping people getting their names in the Lamb's Book of Life? And if you don't know what your calling is, that's your calling. That's the calling for every believer. Whether you're an apostle a prophet, a pastor, a teacher or a evangelist. It doesn't matter your gifting. The call is the same. Help somebody else get their name in the Lamb's Book of Life. It doesn't matter if you're over the back fence or down the supermarket, or in another country. It really doesn't matter. Remember the theme of this passage, and the main message to us is to stand firm and hold to the teachings. And just like the Thessalonians, folks, each one of you were also called to salvation by God. And the call for us is to stand firm. Not in the world, not just in the church, but stand firm in God. Stand firm in the Lord Jesus Christ. The world, folks, will fail. Look around. Check the news. The world is failing. The church can fail. And we've seen it. And I've been a part of failing churches some years ago. But stand firm in God. God remains forever. Let's pray. Father, we give you thanks for this word from the Apostle Paul. And Father, just a few verses but there's so much there. We pray, Lord, that not only can we raise up or rise up as a church, but we can stand firm. And Ephesians 6 tells us, after the bit about the armour of God, to stand. And when you've finished standing, continue to stand. And folks... And Lord, I mean, Father, 
we want to stand. We want to stand firm for Jesus. We want to stand with the Bible in our hand. Or we want to stand with our two-edged sword. Father, clothed with the armour of God. And we want to go, Lord, to wherever it is that you send us. And we want to spread the message of the gospel. And we want to help people get their names in your book. Father, that's our business. That's our job description. Father, equip us for every task you have. Equip us, Lord, for all the good things. Lord, equip us for the ministry. Allow us, Lord, and help us to display the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, Lord, so that we can be effective in our ministry. Father, we give you thanks and honour and praise today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to a Wattle City Church podcast sermon. You can find more great messages like this on the Anchor podcast app and also on the Wattle City Church Facebook page. Thanks so much for listening and God bless you.